for Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose. I'm Ken Bolliou. Over the past 20 years, few organizations have been as committed to helping companies embrace purpose as Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose, or CECP. The CEO-led coalition, founded by the late actor and philanthropist Paul Newman and other business leaders, believes that being a force for good through business not only leads to a better world, but determines company success. Comprising more than 200 of the world's largest companies, the CECP works with coalition partners on their social strategies through networking, benchmarking and trends, awareness building and recognition. My guest today is Daryl Brewster, CEO of the CECP. He has 30 years of a corporate executive experience in the U.S. and abroad. He joins me to discuss the challenges of investing in society, why CEOs are embracing purpose more than ever, how to best communicate do-good efforts, and more. Daryl, welcome to Beyond Profit. Great. Thank you, Ken. Delighted to be here be with you. Terrific. So I'd like to start by having you explain some of the ways the CECP partners with companies to help them become more purposeful. Yeah, I think you mentioned CECP works with well over 200 of the world's leading companies to help them advance their corporate purpose. And we work with a number of key audiences in companies, CEOs, that's the group who started us. I'm a former public company CEO, our board CEOs. Also corporate leaders, people out of CSR, out of corporate citizenship, folks in marketing, communications, foundations and the like. Communications professionals, as well increasingly as investors and IR groups to really help share the value of purpose and how if done well, not only can it really help society, but can help businesses as well. And some of the areas that we do work with companies are with fast track advisory support, quick responses so companies can stay on track of what's happening these days. Our benchmarking work, over 300 companies participate each year in our benchmarking studies about how companies are investing in society. We also work to help people tell that communication story, and we'll do deeper dives with companies that, are, that opt in to, to do that, as well as holding events basically every other week throughout the year and increasingly tying this to the financial and the capital market. So a number of areas, ways that we work with each of our, our companies at CECP. So it's all customized depending on the particular company. Yeah, some of the things are pretty well standard, our annual survey, our major events, but a lot of the other work is done either by individual companies or groups of companies, by industry, by issue, or by geography. Daryl, in your mind, what are some of the key challenges that are holding companies back from making a larger impact on society? Yeah, well, first, I think companies are making more of an impact today in a positive way, I think, than ever before. We are seeing, you know, for instance, our survey, which I mentioned over 300 companies participate, and we saw an 11% increase in the dollars being invested by those companies back in society. That's a big, uh, big increase uh, as, as we move forward. And in addition to efforts that companies are doing with products, with their uh, services they're providing, how they're connecting with their employees and working in their community. So I do think there's a lot going on. At the same time, there's a lot more that I think can happen. So I, I think those are real opportunities. If there's one thing that holds companies back, which is why we've gotten more involved with the capital markets, is the overemphasis on the short-term look-back financial information. And that area, we think, has been a limiting factor. As companies think longer-term, they begin to think about the power of dealing with societal issues, 
of dealing with environmental issues more, more in, a, in a more robust and, and fulsome way. But all if you care about is quarter to quarter, then sometimes these factors don't matter as much. If there's a limiting factor, I think that's been it. I think it's still a limiting factor, but it's one that we're looking to address to help companies and investors see the value of companies driving sustainable value. As I'm sure you're aware, an association of CEOs recently issued a statement saying that the role of a corporation is to serve all Americans, not just shareholders and investors. What was your initial reaction to that? And did you feel that the statement was way overdue? We share a lot of the same companies as the Business Roundtable, uh, which provided the statement, uh, and we did provide them some help behind the scenes. So it wasn't a total surprise to us. Uh, and, and frankly, we thought it was a very powerful statement made by uh, by the Business Roundtable, given the history of what they had been uh, talking about. And there were some, I think, out there who thought it was too late. It should have been bigger. Others who think it's too much, uh, particularly on the capital market side. And some major groups, whether it was the Wall Street Journal and others, have pushed back on what they've said. From my perspective, and it appears from uh, research done with citizens across the country, uh, I, I think, and I think Just Capital came out with some work, about 90% of citizens agreed with what they're saying. So I think that's actually a very powerful statement. The challenge now is, having said that and people agree, is now what? What do companies do? Again, I think they've been doing a number of good things along the way, not always uh, told in the right way. I think there's a real opportunity in that. But I think this is really now a challenge as the business roundtable. These companies have kind of you know, raised the bar. The expectations were already there for business. It's a real chance for business to step up. You know, 80 plus percent around of citizens, over 80 percent of citizens, four to five around the world, believe that a company can make profit and be a positive force in the society, according to the Edelman Trust Barometer. So we think this is the timing is right for this. And I think now the chances for companies to really show uh, and compete just as they look to, to do more on productivity, on more on revenue, is how can they have a more positive impact in society? Can you just uh, elaborate on, on why the pushback to the statement? Just curious. Yeah, you know, I think you have a, an awful lot of investors that are out there, and I've been in many cases shorter short-term traders, uh, people like CII, which is a council on institutional investors, who had a real issue with it. Wall Street Journal had real issues on it because they felt that everything should be all around just the investor, the, the risk bearer, if you will. And I think where a lot of the companies said, no, we get better returns over time if we take care of each of our key stakeholders. We deal with our consumers better. We deal with our employees better. We deal with our communities better. We deal with the planet and our suppliers better. That's going to yield superior results over time. I think too many of those, and I, I look out here over Wall Street, who, who might be a little too short-term focused, are like, you know, forget about them, just give me the money now. And I think what we're really trying to help companies do is to drive sustainable business, business that actually can uh, be positive for, for, the, for the investors, but also can have a positive impact on society with a lower risk factor. Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, said recently that without a sense of purpose, no company, either public or private, can achieve its full potential. So why has purpose become so core to business growth? Yeah, I think this has been a journey over time, but I think if we go back in time, purpose, that why of a business, has always been critical as, uh, to, to what a company's success, success has been. I think in the 1970s, when Milton Friedman, the Chicago University of Chicago economist came out and said that the one and only or the sole responsibility of business, comma, within the rules of the game, comma, 
is to increase profits. I think that became a narrative for, for, for lots of, of business. And by the way, that's that pushback, I think, that we've heard from even the business roundtable statement. However, uh, I think what's now happened is people, as the research has come out, as we've listened to employees, as we've talked with consumers and others, people are really understanding the benefits of really a purpose-driven organization. Uh, you know, it is, a, it is a rallying cry for companies. It gives people a sense of the why the company exists, the raison d'etre, if you will, uh, for, for business. And we're seeing that it really relates to critical stakeholders, whether it's consumers, great research from Nielsen on that, whether it's employees, whether it's communities that want businesses to, to come in and set up shop. But we think it's important that a, that a purpose has some real legs to it, you know, that it has a longer term focus. It's not just about the quarter. These things can't come and go. You've got to really be able to really drive those. I think it's got to identify and relate to the significant stakeholders that a business has, including investors, as well as customers and others. You know, it has to address the material risks the companies face, and it has to be wired into the organization. This is more than just a marketing slogan. It really needs to be core to the, uh, the essence of, of the enterprise. Do you feel that a brand can redefine its purpose or evolve its purpose, or do you feel like once you hit on it, yeah, I think it's probably you know, big, well-established businesses that have been around for a while. I think it's going to be more evolutionary. You know, a few have tried. It's, it's kind of hard. Sometimes easier to come out to market with something brand new, which is why we're seeing in a lot of categories, you know, new disruptive products, you know, changing the rules of the game. But I do think that companies can evolve their purpose. I know when I was a CEO at, at Nabisco, we were able to do that for, for a lot of our products to really connect with where, where folks were. I think we were always true to our DNA of what the group was, but we needed to put those into the light of the day and how people could relate. And then we needed to make sure we had a lot of other steps in place. Again, it's more than a statement that really showed that we were living our purpose. And sometimes the short-term pressures that we talked about from traders, activists, you know, can make it difficult to say that. And that's why I think Larry Fink's comments, you know, Larry Fink is the CEO of the biggest investment company the world has ever known, right? I mean, for him to come out and make this statement is so powerful. And I think it helps us to build in, along with the, the business roundtable statement, a new narrative for business and its role in society, which I think goes well beyond what Milton Friedman talked about back some 50 years ago. So th there are many studies out there right now that contend purpose efforts die in the vine without complete dying from the CEO. And is, is that a message of yours to business partners? Absolutely. Yeah, we think, again, this is more than just a slogan, a, a quick tagline. It's got to be really built into the organization. Got to have that longer term view so that it can last as time goes on. It may evolve a bit as the world changes. Got to really address the significant stakeholders that an enterprise has, those material risks, environmental, social, and governance the companies have. And it's got to be wired in. And the companies that have wired it into the enterprise have really found that they have been able to deliver sustainable results over time. Those where it's coming and changing every other week, not so successful. But I think others, some great work done by Raj Shasodi up at Babson, conscious capital companies that take care of their consumers, their employees, their communities, the planet better. They outperform over time. And there's other research that's confirmed that as, as well. But it's got to be really wired in. And some companies, I think, have done a terrific job with, with that. Would you say that that was the case at Nabisco? Yeah, I mean, we had our ups and downs. We went through, we were the biggest 
uh, leverage buyout in the history of, 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 of the world. But I think underpinning that was a pretty strong you know, consumer franchise and an opportunity to continue to stay where consumers were and as they were changing. Uh, you know, we had a, a line of our crackers, if you will, that were so far on trend with things like Triscuit and Wheat Thins and others, you know, healthy products, you know, good part of the diet, multigrain Triscuit has three ingredients. Oreos, you know, you might have some pushback. So with a lot of work on how we could associate Oreo with consuming milk, intergenerational transfer, and you probably shouldn't have Oreo for every meal of every day. But hey, every once in a while, there is nothing better than a uh, than, than a few Oreos. Uh, changing the the topic slightly here, young job seekers in particular, you know, they want to work for companies that are purposeful, lead with their heart. Tell me about the importance of creating that kind of culture that places purpose at the heart of an, of an organization. I think the millennials of today, I think, are really reflecting something that I think each age group has believed but has never been able to express it as powerfully as, as millennials have with, with the social media efforts and, and others that are around. I, I think you know, one of the groups, companies we work with is PwC, you know, among the 200-plus companies. And Bob Moritz, their global CEO, uh, did a, a work with us that was published in the Harvard Business Review a few years ago. Now, PwC, the, the big you know, accounting consultancy, has 250,000 employees. All right, so that's you know, more employees than most, you know, than many American cities would, would have. The median age of an employee at PwC is 27. So they're really right at the cusp of what is happening with millennials and thoughts. And of course, as PwC, they're doing a lot of research and learning on that. And, uh, and Bob was, was quoted in the uh, article that we had developed a couple of years back is that millennials, and today I would say it's, it's Generation Z as well, Generation Z, don't only demand to know the organization's purpose, its reason for being, but are prepared to leave the firm if that purpose doesn't align with their own values. So I think we're seeing from Bob, from PwC and others, that this isn't just a nice thing to do, but it's increasingly essential for today's employees. If I'm going to put that time in, that work in, I want to come to a place that I think is making a difference, where its purpose, is al- its purpose aligns with my own purpose and where that company is, is living up to it. That could be perfect every day, but I think that's something that a company, you know, the best companies are seeing today, that it's a really a critical aspect of what they're doing. And I think we're seeing the same thing from many consumers as well, uh, where there's choice in, in, in various categories. Is it difficult to create that purposeful culture in organizations with older workforce? I think in established companies who all have some purpose, it may not have been as clear and it may not be aligned, I think it's going to be harder than in a brand new company. At the same time, those big companies have such scale that if they can get it right, 250,000 employees at PwC, it can really make a difference. But I think once you've made that statement, right, it's longer term, you've identified your significant stakeholders, all the rest, you kind of got to live to it. And we can find exceptions from time to time. If those exceptions become, you know, the, the usual, then I think people are going to want to move on. I think that's, that, that's fair. But I think companies have to identify it. I think they need to get their employees engaged. And then you got to live up to it. And you got to keep it evolving as time goes on because the, as the world moves and the world changes. So I think those are key elements. But I do think that big companies, some I think have done a, a terrific job of doing that. I, I like Michelle Buck, who used to work for me when I ran Nabisco, who's now the CEO at Hershey seems to be doing a great job out at Hershey in terms of what they're up to and doing. Stuart Parker, CEO of USAA, the insurance company for veterans, has really helped and we did a lot of work with them, really focus their efforts on veterans. 
uh, and veterans' families, and has really made an enormous impact and positive impact, I think, on that entity. And, and a lot of people give credit to Paul Pullman at Unilever for the work that he's done, and now Alan Jope, is, is the new CEO, is, is, is doing as well with their sustainable living plan. So I think there's good examples out there. I think bigger companies that have been around for a while can be a bit more challenging, but I do think there's some good examples, and I, I like the work that Fran Horowitz at Abercrombie & Fitch has really used a purpose-driven focus to help turn around an organization that had been struggling before she got there. So communicating purpose in your, your social and giving efforts, it's really critical to acquiring and retaining talent, as I'm sure you're aware. What best practices would you recommend to companies to better communicate purpose? Yeah, well, I think at the top of the list, obviously, would be to join C and or we really uh, partner up with, uh, with, with A&A because I think there is a lot of expertise and learning that organizations like ours have that can be shared. Because we are seeing the leading practices that the companies have of what they can do. No two companies are exactly the same, but I do think you know, being part of those larger organizations can, can really be helpful. Beyond that, I think it's really important that companies are authentic in the work they've done, that their purpose aligns with their actions or their actions align with their purpose. Really critical, you're not saying one thing and doing something different. Those need to be consistent. I think that's something that we, you know, people and companies really need to continue to, to, to work on because they can get out of whack when those short-term pressures are out there. And I think there's an opportunity for, for companies also to help their employees, their teammates, fulfill their purpose in the workplace. Uh, CWCCP did a year-long work, and we had about 70, 80 of our companies got involved. We surveyed thousands of employees with PwC and with Imperative and, and dozens of our companies to really find ways that we can make work more meaningful, to build a fulfilling employee experience at, at work. So I think those are really powerful ways to bring forth a purpose. The other area is there's an element of purpose that you might be able to talk about with the stats and the numbers, but a whole bunch of purpose is really around the stories. And what are the stories that you work with in communities, with your employee base? That narrative is just so powerful. And one of the areas, we do uh, communications audits with companies and how they can tell their stories better and how they can really relate to their key stakeholders. And we find the power of stories is just so uh, essential to really make that work. Was that the, the key takeaway from your employee study that you fielded? Are there other ways that you engage employees around purpose or really it gets down to storytelling? Certainly stories is one. Making sure that people understand how their role fits within the overall corporate purpose. Really key. Not everybody gets to do everything, but how do those really fill? Making sure people understand what's expected of them at work. Make sure that's really clear we found there's a real important area on that. And giving people a chance to build relationships at work, chances to grow at work, and to have an impact. We find those are really key factors. Uh, and then some work that we've seen and I've seen in my career that, that the Gallup organization has done is all of that together is really important is the people care that people care about me as an individual and as a person. Those all seem to be elements that we have found really help to build a more purposeful, more engaging, and more fulfilling employee experience. We just conducted a study of B2B companies and found that while they're doing a great job of defining their purpose, they're quite far behind their B2C counterparts in terms of activation. Do you feel that tying purpose to a business strategy is a tougher sell in B2B? Yeah, in some ways it may be, and certainly it may feel that way when you think about your customer. But I don't think it's the case when you're dealing with your employee base. And I think a lot of, I also think it can break through with, with customers as well, but you've got to be thoughtful about it. 
I've just quoted a couple of times with PwC. That's a B2B organization. Um, we've also seen great work from a Deloitte consulting, from KPMG. EY is really, we've seen really jump up in its efforts. All of those are B2B organizations, Boston Consulting Groups and other, all part of CCP. They're B2B groups. And I think they're doing an exceptional job because they've really built this around that employee base, which is you know, often a millennial, you know, median age millennial uh, organization. Beyond that, I look at companies like Active. Active, most may have not have heard of, and they don't get as many examples because they're not the household names, but this is Delphi. They make the parts for couple auto parts for companies. I mean, they do the work. But Kevin Clark, their CEO, has shared their long-term plan, their sustainable business plan with the way we connect with investors through our, our, our CEO investor forums. He shared it twice with us and investors. He has a, he's coming up to do it again here in a, in a few more weeks, the third time to share his long-term plans and how they really connect to a changing ways that we're interacting with mobility, with our cars in terms of you know cars that are going to be, whether those are driverless cars, whether they're electric cars or all the rest. Think about the impact and changes that those organizations and companies are, are having. We've seen this also from a number of utility companies. They don't always think about, you don't always see them as necessarily B2C organizations or Salesforce.com, which is not a consumer proposition, but the work that Salesforce.com has done working with, I think it's over 20,000 nonprofits today, using their customer relationship management tool to help those nonprofits become more effective. And the positive impact that's had the way they serve their commercial clients is, is well. Uh, I think those are really, really strong examples of how B2B companies can also live and drive a purpose within their organizations and with their customers. For the B2B laggard per se, what do they need to do to catch up with their B2C brethren? You know, there, there's a lot of pressures on those. Again, we'll come back to, you know, make sure they're participating with A&A and, and CCP because I think there are some good learning and sharing. I think it takes a little bit more work because you're not necessarily out there with your tagline, but a lot of your communication is going to be one-on-one -on -one with companies, whether you're consulting with those companies, whether you're providing support services and all those. So I think the power of stories here can be really critical. The power of what those companies are doing to help the company that is the B2C company, I think can be very powerful as well. Take a company like IBM, and IBM I think saw that there was a real challenge that we don't have enough people today who have the technical skills for where we're headed as a world, you know, in terms of the skills that people are going to need to do their jobs and today and the work that they've done with P-TECH. P-TECH is essentially an alternative to high school. That rolled out to hundreds of schools around the, the U.S. that uses Watson, their kind of, you know, big computing power to really help bring underrepresented people and to help advance those. These are generally you know, high school age or just out of high school kids or kids are dropping out of high school. They can really help them getting more engaged in their in the work of the future. I think it's a really powerful example of what IBM can do. Also, their smarter cities work they've done in communities across the country. Really powerful ways that companies do, but, but it takes some time. It takes some really thought to go through that, you know, kind of creates great stories, but what a really powerful way to get their employees more engaged in, in the workforce. And I think that's worked for them on the business side as well. Lastly, the CECP is in its 20th year of operation. So I have to ask, if he were alive today, what would Paul Newman be most proud of? Yeah, um, I never had the privilege of, of meeting with Paul, but I've gotten to know him through the people at Newman's Own, met his, his, his daughters, and, and what just a fabulous story. And 
places we run into all over the world and the CSPA, the global exchange we work with as well, everybody seems to have a Paul Newman story or know someone who does. So it's, what an amazing impact. I think uh, a few pieces. First, I think he'd be proud that the organization still exists and is still going and has grown substantially since the start of where CSP was you know, some 20 years ago. I think second, the fact that CEOs are increasingly engaged with this notion of purpose-driven businesses, that was kind of a weird thought 20 years ago. That was strange. Going way back, I think, was critical to what companies were founded on, but we've gotten away from that. So I think he'd be very proud of, of that, the caliber of companies that are, that are part of CCP. I think one of the big things he pushed on, uh, we had another guy named John Whitehead. John was the former chairman and CEO of Goldman Sachs. And John always talked about the power of math and we need numbers in the capital market. So we've made some progress there. But Paul also talked about the power of poetry and we need to tell the stories. And I think the way that we're seeing companies tell those stories and the impact and positive impact they have, I think he'd also be delighted. At the same time, I actually asked his daughter, Clea, about this a year or so ago. And she said he would be you know, very proud of the work that the companies and people have done at CCP uh, and the companies because they really are the ones that do the work. And then she, she went on for a little story and he said, uh, she said, but I think he probably finished the conversation by saying, yeah, really good work you all have done. Nice start. There's still a lot more to go. And that's uh, what we believe with Paul is the companies, they can do more. This is a nice start, but companies truly can do more to be purpose-driven and to be a positive force in society and do that in a way that is good for all of their stakeholders, including their investors, employees, and customers. It seems to me, based on our conversation, that just the, this whole idea of storytelling, the importance of that, and just rallying employees around purpose, though, those are the two big things that companies need to keep in mind. Exactly. Because exactly. you've got to reinforce it each day. Some people are going to read it you know, through the stats, and they're going to be those what left brain, if you're right for handed. That's the way they think about things. But a lot of people, it's the power of those stories. And it, it business that we can move beyond that Milton Friedman narrative I talked about, you know, that notion that's the one and only social responsibility. Think about that. The one and only social responsibility of business is to increase profits. Uh, frankly, if you want to increase profits over time, you better be socially responsible. You can do it once and be irresponsible, but not long. And I think the way that's evolved with Larry Fink's statement, with the business roundtable statement, with what we're seeing companies do, particularly a lot of the large companies, uh, it's still early in this, but I think we're seeing a change. You know, we, the numbers are there. People expect businesses to step up and lead. Uh, trust levels of business are way beyond those of, of government and the media these days. But with those expectations comes you know, an added responsibility to really step up and to be responsible in the actions the companies take, but also find ways they can really do good for, uh, for, for the world. Well, Daryl, I can't thank you enough for making time to join me today on Beyond Profit. I really appreciate it. Ken, it was really a pleasure. Thanks for your, your great questions and the great work that you all do with uh, the Association of National Advertisers. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're kindred spirits in many ways in these efforts and love to work with your center for, for brand purposes. It's so cool. Absolutely. We will talk. To learn more about Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose, please visit cecp.co. That's cecp.co. Until next time, thanks for listening.